Right, Dewey? Okay, let her rip. Lord, we just thank you so much uh, for who you are, for your love. Oh, Lord, what a blessing it is to come before you in your house and to share your word. I pray that the anointed fall upon me to share your word to your people. And, Lord, I just pray that uh, all of your nuggets of treasures of your word and the truths that come and promises, Lord, will be revealed some to us today, this morning. And, Lord, as we come and each and every day we seek to know you more and more and help us to do that, Lord, and understand how to know you and how to walk with you each and every day. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, I grew up, went to, went to uh, college and seminary without the benefit of the computer. And um, I know, that was terrible. I, you know, I still have uh, followed from that from this day with my writing hand because I did so many notes and class and by longhand and then the typewriter I did a little typing but Jan really was my typist and I wanted to say that because that drive won't be very long if we didn't bring that up uh, so that's how basically my early part of my ministry was that and my secretaries I would just you know write something in longhand or whatever and hand it to them at church and they'd you know bang away in the typewriter but when we're in Princeton they really started getting into the computers more not me I was like the, the priest uh, in Princeton that time. The two of us said, we'll never touch the computer. He did. He said, I'm never t- I never will. And uh, so then we moved to San Jose. And, of course, you know, out there, we had so many engineers in our church. And they were almost flabbergasted when they saw how, how, miss, how backwards I am. And they said, well, don't you use a computer to do your work? I said, no. And they said, well, that's going to change. And so they actually, I must have been special, because they picked out one, two people to help me understand the computer, at least get me going. And, and I thought that was interesting, because then they started using the word, the language. Like, when I was working, they said, then you need to use the save I said, now, what does the save mean? I said, do I, in case something wants to steal the computer, do I, A, throw myself over the computer and protect it by saving it? Or, or how does that work? They, no, 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 no. What you do, you save your document. So you'll have it. You can bring it up the next day. That's fine. But the problem with that is this. They never showed me how to do it. They just, and I thought, well, these people, they're supposed to be very smart people. Obviously, with just a little bit of a slip. So I was working on, it took me, I think, all day long. I was working on, I don't know, something. And then I just turned the computer off. <laughs> you know? And then the next day, I come back in, and my brain just exploded. I thought, what happened? What happened? And then I get this. Now, I was very loving and very kind but I was really ticked off inside, you know? And I said, well, I said, something really happened here because I worked on this for like six hours 
And now this morning, I have nothing. Oh, well, you have to press this button because you have to save it. I wanted to say, well, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? Maybe they did. Maybe that's, that's on me. Maybe it's my fault. But anyway, so from that, that point in time, I've learned the basics of computer function, and that is it. Just enough to get me by. And for, all of, for most of you here, you know, the computer comes very naturally to you. But for me, it can be very, very, very frustrating. But that is nothing compared to the frustration that we can experience trying to determine God's will for our lives. That can be very, especially without knowing how or where to start. So, now, you can craft this message any way that you want. I'm crafting it this way, but there's uh, tons of other ways you can do it. But I'm just going to talk about three things, four things, that for me has helped me to know and to experience God and to grow and seek to grow in him each and every day. The first one, my first thought is to know him is to love him. And we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge and his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may, be, you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. To find insight in God's will, we must ask God to fill us with his knowledge and understanding and then, that's not, and then to apply it. Now, I know out here I see some married couples, which is wonderful, dandy. So this part of the, of the sermon, you can kind of hold your, your spouse's hand if you want. That's okay. Because I'm going to talk, <laughs> talk about my wife. I met Jan when she was, what, 18 years old. Can you believe it? 18. You know, it seems like, see, that, these 20 years went just so fast, you know. <laughs> 18. And I remember when I first met her at college that I, I really, from that moment on, I, I started falling in love with her. And as, I know, oh, it's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have tears before I'm done with this part. And so what I did, I wanted, I wanted to know everything about her, right? We talked and talked and talked about, you know, each other or whatever. And, and then, of course, we have married. And as most married couples, we've gone through our moments, you know? I know. I mean, we've gone, I know, I mean, moments where you sometimes have to work at your marriage, I tell young people when I'm counseling them and getting married, if you think that honeymoon's going to last for 60 years, guess what? You're going to be disappointed. Amen? Amen. I mean, hey, you know, you wake up with your wife and there's bad breath and you don't expect that. That never happened earlier. So, so we know those things. But all I can, all I can say is this, that... If I had to do it all over again, pause, 
Jan's here, you know, I would do it in a heartbeat. After being married to my wife all these years, I'm learning more and more about her. And the more I know about her, the more I love her. <laughs> that's right. That's right, it is. That's it. And so my point is likewise. The more we are filled with God, the more we want to know Love and please him. See, that's God's will. God wants us to know him more and more. He wants us to grow in our love for him because he loves us so much. You see, so that's, that's knowing God. That's a big piece of the wonderful puzzle of, of how to do that is to, I need to grow in my love for him. And that is an ongoing thing. That just doesn't happen. You get Jesus and then you're done. No, it's a, it's a lifelong affair, relationship with God, like it is in your marriage. It's, it's for, a, for a lifetime. Amen? All right. So far, so good. Number two, knowing God comes through spiritual power. From Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 11. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a, a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except what? The spirit of God. Paul uses humans as an, an, an analogy. Basically, no one can know one another. We, you cannot know my thoughts. Probably shouldn't. I don't want to know Rudy's thoughts. We can't. Now, we understand that sometimes the, God, the spirit will move in people, whatever. I'm talking about basically we, do, we cannot know an individual's own personal thoughts. Conversely, only the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God. That's it. Only the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God. And sometimes what we do is we put the... But, you know, when, you, when Christ comes into your heart, the Holy Spirit lives within you because that's the function of the Holy Spirit is to teach us and remind us of what's in God's mind, his thoughts, and his promises. Amen? And only the Holy Spirit within us can reveal, can inspire, can convict, can discern God's thoughts. So, you know, so, very, so basically we can sum that one up by saying that we know God's thoughts through what? The Holy Spirit in us each and every day. So I don't know how you do it, but when I read the word of God or whatever, I always start by asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what he wants me to learn and know from that particular passage. I want to know God's mind in this. you know. And so for me, it's, every day is a reminder of the function of the Holy Spirit in my life. That's his major function, is just that, to help us grow in the knowledge of the Father. Did not Jesus say, when I leave you at the ascension, you know, I'm going to be with the Father, but you're not going to be alone because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and he'll teach you these things. He'll give you reminders of these things. How are we doing so far? You doing Okay. So, 
the key to knowing God comes through his Holy Spirit in, every, in, every, in the believer. Now, here's the third one. The third one I'm going to be with, stick with for a while. Peace comes from knowing God, from John 14, 27. One verse. Peace I leave with you, Jesus said. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Here Jesus told his disciples not to be troubled, not to be afraid. Trusting in Jesus doesn't mean that all of life's difficulties will just fade away. It doesn't matter how long you have been in your faith, you will have problems. And problems tend to what? They tend to weigh us down. They just tend to weigh us down. You know? It can be finances, it can be health, all the you know, daily basic things. It can, be a, it can be a work issue. It can be the death of a, of a loved one and so on. And those things we all have to deal with. I'm dealing with, as you know, or some know, with, with a, a friend of mine who lost his wife. Now, from the world's standpoint, he didn't have a care in the world. He's got all the money he could ever want. All that material, worldly success he's had. But here he is now, he's alone without his wife. And I feel God's called me to try to help him seek the peace of Christ in what he's going through. Right now, he's struggling with that because he misses his wife so much. And who can blame him? I'm not saying that he's wrong. That's a tough deal. He's been married to a woman for 60 years. But worldly peace is shallow. I'm trying to move him away from that worldly peace. It is shallow. It is temporary. His money can't make him feel better. His power, his prestige, whatever, that's not going to change that deep void in his heart, the loss of his wife. Only Jesus can mend that broken heart. Psychologists talk about peace of mind. But it's only through Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension that we find true, lasting peace with God. And you know what I'm talking about. That's it. All of us have gone through the depths of pain and despair. Am I right? But it's only through Jesus Christ that we can be lifted up out of that. It does not mean that he takes all that pain away. It just means he'll help us through it. He'll give us the power. He'll give us the strength. He'll give us the courage. He'll give us his love to get through that. In this world, Jesus said, you'll have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. He's begging us. Listen, in your problems, in your life, He said, I'm there for you. That's why you go to church. That's why you learn about him. And the Bible is when these moments come and they come for all of us. Can you imagine? I I can't. I'm sure you're with me at this. I can't imagine life without Christ. I cannot imagine that. 
But I know people that are living their life without Christ and their pain, and it is horrible. With Jesus Christ, all things are possible. Amen? So, as we grow in our knowledge of God, we grow in our peace with God. And see, that's going to be a theme here. It's like love. When you, when you more you grow in, in Christ to love him, the more you want to love him more and more. That love keeps growing and growing and growing. The same with peace. The more you're in Christ, the more when you go through your issues, you will find peace. You'll find his peace. See, it will increase and increase. And that's a natural thing. So I'm not knocking anybody in their faith. But I know for myself, when I don't feel the peace, I have to step back and I have to sit and say, God, why? Where's the peace in this? Where is it? I don't feel it. I know I say that. It's, it's not on Christ. It's on me. What I've done is I've, I've stopped the process. I've allowed the, the world to try to dictate what my peace should look like. That's when, I hear angels, that's when we need to seek God's peace in that situation. And we need to remind a brother and sister, if they're not experiencing peace, then you got to gently push them and remind them, where's God in this? Where's God in this? And sometimes we soft-pedal with other Christians. If, I, if I'm off, no, I don't know. If I'm off and I'm missing a beat in the faith, I want my brothers or my sisters to say, Pastor, what's going on? What's going on? How can we pray for you? What, 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 is there something? You see, that's what we're called to do. That's why the body of Christ is so important that we so need each other and we need each other also for spiritual balance. To balance, because sometimes we can go the other way. And God said, oh no, let's reel him in a little bit. And you see what I'm saying? Okay. Thank you for the yup. All right. Number four. Wisdom comes from knowing God. Now we're going back to Colossians 1, verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. I love that. We continue to ask God to fill you with knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. I'm going to share a story with you about two, two people. One is kind of a make-believe one, but I want to see the parallel. One is, one is make-believe. The other one is a real person. The first person, I call him Fred. Fred graduated from seminary. He had all the academic training required, from Bible studies to Bible theory you know, to the study of the languages, theology, different kinds of theology, and church history. On the other hand, was Wayne. He's real. And he is the real deal. 
Wayne, a recovered alcoholic slash mechanic, had his own business, slash turned pastor, who empowered by the Spirit of God, educated himself through Bible studies, through just massive reading of Christian books and theology. Building small groups, prayer groups. And God so moved in this lay person that he started a men's prayer group on Thursday night. This is in Fulton, Illinois. I think I shared this a little bit with you. And the Spirit so moved in those 30 men that it got out in the community, and that 30 grew to, I don't know, 60 or whatever, because God was so moving in that group under Wayne's leadership. Also through other pastors. He learned in Christian conferences, etc. So you have Wayne... And then you have Fred. Fred had all the head knowledge, but he had a real hard time applying what he had learned. Be- why? Because Fred didn't allow Jesus to penetrate his heart. It's all about the heart. Now, you know what I'm saying. You know what you know what you know. You got to bring it down from the head to the heart. You can't have Christianity just in your head. It's got to come down to your heart before it can really, really come to life. And for while Wayne all of a sudden had this vast amount of knowledge because He allowed the Spirit of God and through the Word to teach him what he had learned and experienced. You see the difference? You see the difference? Once I was asked at a meeting, or when I asked, I I brought this up at at a big Presbyterian meeting about, we're talking, they were talking about knowledge, whatever, so I stood up. Not to say that I'm right, but I think soon in this case I was right. I said that God's wisdom is applied knowledge. That's wisdom. You can have it in your head, but you have to experience and you have to apply it. Otherwise, the book, the Bible, whether you have a Bible, you read off the app or whatever you do, the Bible is useless. It's another book if you don't apply it. It's just words on a page. You see the difference? It's just words on a page. So, how do we end this, Becca? Knowing God comes from asking, seeking, and applying spiritual insights, which in turn fills us with His love with his power, with his peace, and his wisdom. Friends, this is 
This can only happen if we open our hearts and minds to know God each and every day. We cannot know God by just reading books. You can't know Him. That's, yes, that's part of it because God gives in the brain, of course. But it must go from there to the heart. And the faith, my friends, for me, it's, like I said earlier, it is always advancing. It should be a healthy faith is a faith that is always advancing. I've heard people and, and say it, and they give the impression, well, I know Jesus. You know, I'm going to say that's all I need to know. No, that's only the beginning. It's a constant, constant advancement in the faith. I've been a Christian for a good number of years. I've done a lot of studying, but my faith is this big compared to God's truths. He's always challenged me to grow, grow, grow in your faith. You, you don't have it all. You don't have all the answers. And guess what? You don't either. So it's always advancing. So I'm closing with this. I think I'm closing with this. The more we know, the more we grow. Okay? These are just reminders. This is Christianity 101. But I'm telling you something. Don't ever, 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 ever think that you have it all and you know it all in the faith. That's wrong, 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 wrong. That's all I have. That's it. I mean, what do you expect? No, that's it. You know, it's a wonderful thing, my brothers and sisters, is it is truly all about Christ and it's about his word You've got to be in his word and there's nothing wrong with some people take notes when they hear a message some people don't if you need to take notes in any message then I encourage you to take your notes because that's another way of taking and applying what you've heard. Or I encourage people to challenge. You take notes, and the pastor says something, and you might say, well, I don't know if that's really, really the way it is. Then check it out for yourself. See what I'm saying? You know, this is wonderful. We have a wonderful Lord, and he wants us to grow in him each and every day. And I encourage that for you. I've seen growth in you, unbelievable growth. Because what that's telling me is you're working at it. You're working at it. I see a wonderful growth in this young lady behind me. Since she's been our worship leader, I've seen her, we've witnessed her growing in her faith. And she shared her faith with us. That's part of the deal. Is when you God gives you wisdom, gives you gifts, you share them. You share them with others to help them grow. God uses us to help each other grow in faith. Doesn't he? So God has a lot in his toolbox. We just need to open up that box and get those tools out and start growing in him each and every day 
for his glory and for our well-being. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you so much. I thank you, Lord, for my journey. I thank you, Lord, I'm not there yet. But I'm trying. Help me to try harder to know you. Help me to be more disciplined to know you, as well as for my brothers and sisters here today. To be disciplined, Lord, to know you and to love you. And never to give up. Because you never give up on us. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives in every believer. That we have this potential to be A students in you. Help us to be all that we can be individually for you, Lord. Not to compare ourselves with another brother or sister, but just be who you've called us to be. And that is to walk with you each and every day. In Jesus' name.